Before we start today's podcast, I'd like to take a small moment of silence for the families that were lost in the Robb Elementary School shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Time and time again, this country deals with mass shootings, violence, unnecessary actions because one selfish individual or many selfish individuals decide to take matters into their own hands and it's become increasingly difficult to navigate through the landscape of this because you never know when it's going to happen to you or if it's going to happen to you and we live in a world where people are in constant fear of things happening and it's it's not how it should be but I want to say that obviously my heart goes out to the families of Texas, the families in Buffalo, um, everybody who, who lost a loved one, um, you know, and being close to something similar to that. Uh, when I was in high school, actually, I spent a year in Colorado, and that one year that I was in Colorado, I was about 20 minutes away from Columbine, the year that it happened. And so these things hit close to home. You know, I have a good family friend who his son was involved in a school shooting and luckily he survived. You hear these things and they, they hit closer to home and it's not stories that you want to hear. So before we get started, obviously wanted to take a moment to reflect on that. And just say my heart goes out to the families of the victims, to anybody affected by it. What is good? Welcome back to Real Talk. And man, it has been a crazy little news cycle uh, in the NFL world, huh? Let's start off with the recent uh, podcast that Grant Cohn had Javon Kinlaw on, where Javon Kinlaw gave Grant Cohn a little taste of his own medicine. And basically, you know, I, I can't even be mad at him. You know, we, we see, oftentimes, we see a lot of reporters that will take jabs at players um, that, you know, are often disrespectful to players that write disparaging things, um, have very odd opinions. Um, and, you know, people expect players not to clap back. And when I say when I see players clap back, I get kind of excited about it because it shows that they are human and that you need to really understand you can't talk to anybody or talk about anybody the way that you want to, as much as you want to, and not expect a reaction. So we're going to take a quick listen to a brief excerpt of what happened in the interview. And uh, we'll be right back with that. Nobody fucks with you. You don't even understand that. Nobody fucks with you, brother. You need to go mean? find a new job. Nobody fucks with you. What does that mean? What do you mean? What it mean? Nobody fucks with you. Are you Nobody sure? fucks with you, fam. And the only reason I'm getting on here stupid to your level this low is because 
I feel like it got to be done. Somebody got to do it, and it's going to be me. Somebody okay. got to press you, man. You like to come on here and try to bully people on the internet. But when I press up on you in fucking person, you fucking shaking like a coward voice lighter than my fucking baby, fam. What's up you with that? You, What's up with that, fam? You think I'm scared of you, Javon? Fam, I don't give a fuck if you are or not. All I know is when I walked up on you, your fucking body temperature was fucking cold as ice. Straight bitch. body temperature? Straight bitch. Your fucking balls shriveled up. Little dick nigga. Hey, Javon. Stop do you think you're representing the 49ers well right now? And see, what really bugs me is that that I'm going to tell your boss man mentality right there that, hey, Javon, do you feel like you're representing the 49ers well? Like, is that necessary? Because you talk all that smack and then you get somebody that claps back at you. And now all of a sudden you want to go, well, hey, are you, you representing? You know what? No. Own up to it. Own up to your shit. Like, honestly, like own up to your shit. If you're going to talk smack, prepare to get him talk back to you and don't act like that. Now, from what I've heard um, on from numerous sources is that he's been a menace in the locker room. And I'm not talking about Javon Kinlaw. I'm talking about Grant Cohn. I'm talking about the fact that people have been visibly upset about him. People have been frustrated. People do not like him in that locker room. Captains have spoken out about it. Um, and so, you know, it's funny because I saw... I saw a tweet from Benjamin Albright and it said that every city has their clown and Cone is San Francisco's. Now, obviously, you can pick and choose who you want to be Las Vegas. Some people have different people in mind. People, you know, some think one person, some think another person. I'll let you guys be the judge on that one. I'm not the uh, the clown police. I'm also not the fan police. So, you know, if there's fandom questions, don't ask me. Now, as we get into it, as we break things down, the Raiders started first week of OTAs this week. Exciting, right? Exciting. Means football is right around the corner. Means that things are happening and we're going to start seeing some actual football. We're, what, a little over, a uh, little under three months away from the start of season. We've got the Hall of Fame game coming up in August. Um, there's a lot to be excited about. As we look around the league, um, yeah, there's been a lot of changes. The, the landscape has been rapidly changing. Uh, you have some teams that, that have new players. You've got teams that, that lost some players. You've got teams that gave a ton of money to a guy that you don't even know if he's going to be playing this year. Um, but when I look at the Raiders and I look at what the Raiders have put together, you have a roster that that is solid. Uh, you've got a roster offensively that is going to be able to put up at least 30 points a game. Uh, defensively, there's some question marks. You know, defensively, there's a lot of new players on that defense. There's uh, some question marks where they're going to be at the corner position, what's going to happen with the safety position, um, and, you know, what Patrick Graham's plan is for the defense. I'm excited to see the defense get out there and put things together. Um, you've got Cleveland Farrell, who's moving to the outside linebacker role. Um, that outside linebacker role in a 3-4 defense is, you know, that stand-up um, covers some, doesn't cover a lot. Uh, think about when Khalil Mack came into the league, Bruce Irvin. You're going to see a lot of a lot of that. Um, so it's not going to be a lot of coverage downs. It's going to be more pass rush situations. Uh, this may be an opportunity for him to shine. This may be an opportunity for him to, you know, to stand up and, and get in there and, and make some mingle and, and create some havoc. Um, it's going to free... Max Crosby and, and Chandler Jones up a little bit. 
um, because, you know, it takes away the double team. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, I think that the Raiders still need some pieces on defense. I'm not going to lie to you. I think that, you know, with the draft and what they've done, I think that they did add some, you know, some D tackles. Um, but you need some veteran leadership there. Uh, you got Jonathan Hankins coming back. I would still add another player. You have an Indomitian Sioux who's available. Uh, that would be somebody I would target. Um, there's, you know, some players on the defensive side of the ball that I think that would be would be good good additions to the team, uh, and it would be somebody, some guys that I'd like to see. You know, Joe Hayden, uh, Chris Harris Jr. Um, you know, players like that of that caliber that they come in um, that have the ability to play, that have the ability to come in and start. Uh, and they have the ability to compete because when we look around the AFC West, it is stacked. Now, one team that is getting a ton, a ton of press and a ton of, you know, I think unwarranted uh, excitement is the Denver Broncos. And I'm not saying that because I hate the Broncos, but I do hate the Broncos. But I'm saying that because the Denver Broncos, they added Russell Wilson. Great. Now... Is that going to take them from worst to first? I don't think so. Is it going to make them a better team? Absolutely. I mean, look, you went from Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater to Russell Wilson. You have a Super, win Super Bowl-winning quarterback. A Super Bowl-winning quarterback who beat the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl. Remind, mind you this. Because I always hear from Denver Bronco fans, well, we, we have a quarterback that has rings. Yeah, your quarterback that has rings won those rings by beating you. Now, if you want to brag about that, that's fine. But that's like bragging about somebody screwing your wife. I mean, honestly. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not something that I'm not. I'm going to brag about. So, you look at that. You look at, you know, what they've got over there in Denver. Um, you look at the Chargers. They've gotten better. Uh, and the Chiefs. Uh, they actually got worse on paper. Now, until season starts, until the games are played, you know, you got to say the Chiefs are still the team to beat. Uh, they were playing for the AFC Championship last year. They were in the Super Bowl the year before. They were in the Super Bowl the year before. Uh, and so that is obviously still the team to beat. Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes, and he's going to be the guy who to beat. And so uh, when we look at this schedule and we look at how it breaks down, it's very interesting. The Raiders have a very, very tough first part of the schedule, really. Um, you start week one in Los Angeles. So you have a home game <laughs> against the Los Angeles Chargers. Week two, you come home. You got the Cardinals. Week three, you're going out to Tennessee. Week four, you've got Denver. Week five, you go to KC for Sunday or for Monday Night Football. Now, this is the second time, I believe, in the past 10 years that the Raiders have played in Arrowhead before November. And so that's big because obviously the weather's better. Um, you know, obviously the crowd's going to be ridiculous no matter what. But last time the Raiders played week five in Arrowhead, we came out with a victory. Uh, then you have a bye. You've got an early bye this year, and it's week six. Week seven, you got the Texans. Week eight, you have the Saints. So a nice little reunion with Derek Carr and Dennis Allen there. Now the Saints, I look at the Saints, and the Saints secondary is insane. That's probably the best secondary in the league on paper right now. I'm, I look at them and I'm like, wow, that secondary is nuts. And so uh, that's going to be a game that's going to be circled. That's going to be a big, big time game. Uh, week nine, you got the Jags. Week 10, you have the Colts. Uh, that'll be fun. You get to see Gus Bradley again. And oh, 
Speaking of week 10 in the Colts, you have Yannick Ngakwe, who is saying that he is going to make the Raiders pay for trading him. Now, don't know why he's so angry. Don't know why he's so mad. He gets to be reunited with Gus. He went to a, He's going to a system that works for him. I, I look at it like this. I appreciated Ngakwe's time in Las Vegas. I appreciated what he did for the Raiders organization. I appreciated how he played. I appreciated his passion. I appreciated his leadership. And then you want to come out and slap us in the face. Like, come on, you want to make us pay? It's business. I get it. And the Raiders got a good deal out of it. They were able to, to offload his contract, a $13 million contract, bring in Rocky Asin for three million on a $3 million contract. You got a starting corner, which is what the Raiders needed. You move a big contract. You bring in Chandler Jones, so you replace a good defensive end with a great defensive end. I think it's a win-win for everybody, really. I mean, he's going to a team that's that's still a winning team. It's not like they, they shipped him out to Timbuktu and he's stuck with, you know, God knows what. He's on a winning team. He's on a team that's got a good squad. They've got a quarterback in Matt Ryan who can, who can sling the ball. You know, Matt may be 45,000 years old, but he can still throw the football with the best of them. But going back, then you go, you got a little road stretch. So you got Denver, uh, then you go to Seattle, and then you're back home against the Chargers. You've got, you go back to L.A., another quote-unquote home game. That's Thursday night football, short week, and then Sunday night football. It's going to be the matchup that I know that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler have circled. That's going to be against the Patriots. That's Sunday night football. That's in Las Vegas. I'll be there. Uh, Then... At Pittsburgh on Christmas Eve, would love, would love to ruin Mike Tomlin's Christmas and beat them. New Year's Day, circle this one. The San Francisco 49ers come to Las Vegas. And then week 18, and this is going to be a flex game. Week 18, the Kansas City Chiefs in Las Vegas. You're closing out the season. So looking at all these games, looking at everything objectively, I'm seeing that the Raiders, their floor, obviously, I believe, would be 10-7. and seven. I think the ceiling, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say 13-4. and four. I think that the Raiders have the offense that can, that can keep up with a lot of these teams. I think a lot of these teams are overhyped. I think that some of these teams are going to have question marks. And I like the fact that, you know, within the first five weeks, you're playing the AFC West. You're going to get an idea of what the landscape of the AFC West looks like within the first five weeks of the season. It's not going to be one of those situations where it's like, oh, we don't play this team until until later in the season, or you know, we don't play the Broncos until Week 12. Nah, <laughs> it's starting off fast. You got the Chargers, you got the Broncos, you got the Chiefs, all within the first five weeks. So those are things to get excited about. Those are things to get fired up about. Fired up about Raiders starting OTAs. I'm fired up about. You know, training camp starting. Uh, I'm excited to see these rookies work. I'm excited to see, you know, what these packages look like. Because offensively, look, you've got three running backs. You've got Josh Jacobs. You have Zamir White. And you have Kenyon Drake. How are these guys going to work together? How is this going to be a cohesive unit? You know, look in the wide receiver core. You know, with, with Mac Hollins and Devontae Adams and, and Hunter Renfro and Demarcus Robinson. You know, looking at the tight end group with Darren Waller and Foster Moreau, I'm excited to see all these guys come out there and and how they how they put together and how this team looks. 
you know, and defensively, I want to see these guys fly after it. I love the steps that Max has been making to, you know, cement his role as a leader on this team. And then adding Chandler Jones, a guy who's a proven leader, a guy who's a proven sack master, um, somebody who's going to succeed. Um, and then, you know, pairing them with players that just that want to work, players that want to hustle, players that want to get after it. I'm really excited to see what happens this season. I'm really excited to see what goes on. And uh, as we get into it, we're going to find out a little bit more about, you know, what's going to break down and how things are going to happen. But as news comes, you know, I'll bring it to you. And always remember, keep it real. Real talk. talk, talk.